Warning, the following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, my name is Chuck Henshaw. I play Carter Hall, a.k.a. Hawkman on DC's Legends of Tomorrow, and you're listening to Next Level Radio. everybody welcome to this issue 28 correct 28 yes. we lose track we lose track sometimes when we do these annuals uh i know when we did four weeks of annuals for the other shows we got lost when we came back and then we did two weeks of gotham and we're coming back but again issue 28 of dc prime time uh the podcast covering all of your dc television shows uh, wait, I had, you know what? I honestly had fun doing the Gotham ones last week. I did too. I, I thought that was that was kind of a blast going through that stuff. And you know what? I gotta say it too. I believe just because it's it's worth mentioning because I kind of feel bad a little bit. Jada Pinkett Smith turned forty five today, so we're gonna send a positive message to her on that one because uh, I feel like we uh, we bashed her pretty hard the last couple weeks. <laughs> so a happy birthday to a good actress just not our favorite actress in Gotham that's all yes no we'll just leave it at that not our favorite actress i don't want i wouldn't say not our favorite actress in Gotham not our favorite character character in that's i think that's a little nicer yes. um yeah we agree. we we kind of did a lot of damage to fish mooney over the past 2 weeks <laughs> <laughs> so um uh, apologies to um to Jada Pinkett for that because obviously, obviously we do love her she's a fantastic actress and um, we know a lot of the other cast members from the show are friends with her, so if any of them happen to listen to us, because uh, I know there's a good chance at least one of them does, uh, Drew, buddy, we're sorry. We know you're <laughs> we know you're good friends with Jada, uh, so of course we apologize. It's nothing against Jada. We just didn't like the character. That's all. But you know what? If it wasn't for Fish, uh, we probably wouldn't have gotten Butch. So um, that's uh, very true. So. Uh, at least positive one. things come. Same with Penguin as well. So it's yes, okay. yes, exactly. Well, they would have found a way to put Penguin in there one way or another. But Butch, I think, is a is a created character for Gotham. So uh, I don't think we would have gotten that character had we not had Fish Mooney. So look at it that way. There's a positive out of out of Fish Mooney from Gotham. Yeah, no wonderful RPG moments and minigun moments. You know, so no, they're they're, I, they're they're very needed. I hope we get more of them this season. I do too. I think every time he shows up on 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 screen now, it should just be how, what ridiculous weapon could he hold and use in the same scene? Gotham That's it. season three finale. Butch drives a tank. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, um, I want to bring something up. I didn't bring this up to you. I know when we talked this, when we did the Gotham Annual number two a couple days ago, we. Uh, you know, we mentioned that we do a little bit of prep for, for these, but um, we usually prep on our own, and we only compare just a couple notes before we record. There's a lot of stuff we don't reveal because we like revealing it when we're recording. And this is something I didn't reveal to you when we were doing all the prep. Um, I want to bring up this quick note real quick because um, it's something that I realized. I, went, I recently went back and I watched two episodes of or two episodes involving the flash i went back and i rewatched the flash supergirl crossover 
because I love that episode of Supergirl. Uh, and I went back to the pilot of The Flash. And I didn't realize that the Run, Barry, Run started in the pilot. It did. Uh, we've heard it so many times throughout the show. And it has so much influence behind it now, especially after the good dinosaur with, you know, Barry's mother saying it and then Zoom saying uh, it in the finale. Back up there. Think about that for a second. Wasn't it Barry's mother? Well, yes, but you called it the good dinosaur, a Pixar movie. What what's the name of the the, the runaway episode? dinosaur? Runaway dinosaur. Damn it! <laughs> Sorry, I was gonna give you a second to see. I was like, all right, is he gonna catch it? Nope. Okay. Runaway dinosaur. My apologies. If you didn't correct me, our listeners would have. So it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's so much influence behind those words now. You know, with his mother saying it and then Zoom saying it. That you know, anytime we hear it, we get chills. But I don't remember ever getting chills the first time I heard it uh, because there was really no gravitas behind it. However, going back and rewatching the finale or rewatching the pilot and hearing them come out of Harrison Wells again uh, for the first time, I got chills hearing it this time because I now know the meaning behind those words. Yeah. And I just thought that was just a really cool moment of going back and rewatching the pilot that I didn't expect. Um, and it made me just love going back and rewatching the pilot again. And I think <laughs> chances are I'm probably just going to keep going and just rewatch the first two seasons, hopefully sometime over the next couple weeks before they, they start back up. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Um, one of the things that normally I would have left for news, um, I, there was a good talking point to this today. I wanted to make sure we brought up because I think it started floating around in the ether about two weeks ago. And I think it was something that we completely glossed over and never checked out. Um, I don't know if you saw this or any of our our listeners have seen this, but there was a little bit more information about that crossover, finally, that kind of popped up. And it was kind of out of the blue. Um, we did find out that, because I think uh, Kreisberg came out and said, well, this is a three-hour event. And everybody's like, what do you mean three hours? And you're like, oh, maybe commercials if you cut it down. Yeah, no, three-hour event as in it starts in the Flash, Arrow, then Legends. Supergirl, they said the characters are introduced but the real primary part of the crossover does not begin until the Flash. Okay, so we're we're still going to see the Supergirl characters as part of the crossover, right. but the story itself is not going to start until technically the second episode of the week. Right. So it's not this really kind of four part crossover. So I have a feeling that Supergirl itself is going to be its own episode, and there's going to be some nods to what's about to happen. But then it really doesn't kick off until the Flash. You know what though? I'm okay with that. Um, because you think about the fact that, you know, the two-part crossovers had a lot of story into them, um, even when they introduced the Legends characters, you know, last season before, you know, which kicked off Legends on its own, you're basically, you're having to take that story and you're having to double it. You're having to double the material that are in it. Granted, you have a lot more characters now that you can use to do it, but I think it's kind of tough. It would probably be a really tough job on the writers to to do a four-part episode. Um, I'm okay if it's only three parts, as long as we're getting the, all of the characters of all four shows. That's, to me, that's what's more important than the actual story. Right. I mean, I mean, one of the things, now that's got me a little bit more wondering about this, and this is obviously, we're just kind of going to gloss over this before we get into the meat of what we want to discuss today, but um, it now makes me kind of wonder a little bit, is maybe Supergirl's not part of this universe like we all thought. I'm wondering now a little bit more. Maybe this the end of her episode is maybe her crossing into the, that universe, and that might be it. 
I don't know. I'm really, really wondering now. Well, I thought I thought we had a new story earlier on in the year that said that due to Flashpoint, she is going to be part of the universe. She is, but it never came from. I think I'm trying to remember where that news story stemmed from. If it was Kreisberg or it was Berlanti or who, um, but now it makes me kind of wonder what the hell they're doing a little bit more because I'm wondering if this is well that she's involved for a little while and maybe they have something that happens at the end of this that sends her back to her own universe. I have no idea. So yeah, I'm actually kind of curious now. Or so. or maybe depending on what this story is for this crossover, maybe the repercussions of whatever it is in the crossover is what brings her to this universe. It very well might. I'm very curious now to see, because I mean, that might make the most sense is to have all these characters be able to react together when it happens instead of that weird moment of confusion starting the season off and everybody knows who this person is and everybody's like, wait, what? This doesn't make any sense. With that whole Flashpoint stuff. So maybe Flashpoint's not... I'm starting to think and realize more and more and more Flashpoint's not going to impact everything as much as we think it might. I, yeah, I, I don't think it will. Um, yeah. I think there's going to be a lot. I think there are going to be some repercussions of it, obviously. But <clears throat> I think, again, and this is a point I've made earlier on in the season, um, you know, from on our podcast, is that while the comic book fans can handle something like that like you could throw flashpoint in and you could do an entire season of flashpoint and you could change the spectrum of everything the writers don't have just the comic book fans to cater to you have the novice fans to cater to as well and you can't do something that's so complicated that the comic book readers can understand it but the novice viewers cannot it's got to be something that everybody across the spectrum can easily understand why this is happening um I mean, and that's another reason why, like, I, I hear people complain all the time, oh, well, they're, they're straying away from the source material, and, you know, this is what should have happened, this is what should have happened, and they bitch, and they bitch, and they bitch. Look, you are not the only audience these people are catering to. They have to cater to everybody. That means adapting stories. I'm okay with that, as long oh, yeah. as the story still makes sense. Yeah, that's all it's got to do. I mean, I'm I'm just very curious now. So that's just something to kind of mull over as we're getting closer and closer to the start of the season. So, yeah. so yeah, I'm really curious, especially when we hit that episode the end of the first week of October, what we're going to be talking about. I can't believe that really... crossover. I can't believe that crossover is this soon. Is that soon into the season? Yeah. Uh, well, did they give uh, episode numbers yet for any of that? I don't know, but you said you know the end of October and. Well, no, no, I said I, I can't wait for the the start of, uh, you know, the end of the first week of October to be able to talk about Flash because oh, maybe we'll have a better idea. Yeah, yeah if yeah, they yeah. did it that early, I'd be a little confused too. So. I, I have a feeling that it, it's probably, the crossovers are probably going to be almost like mid-season. It's yeah. going to be probably the episodes before mid-season break. Yes, So exactly. I would assume mid-late mid November, right around that point. Uh, so. Which I'm okay with that because that's right around our birthdays. Yeah. Indeed. Birthday presents from DC Television. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine's like episode two of the season, so so we'll see. What is happens. your birthday in October? Yes, it is. I thought. Oh, that's right. It is because mine's in November. Mine's in midway through November. So indeed. So close enough. Yeah, but anyway, let's um, get to the meat and potatoes of this. Yeah. So basically, what we're going to do this episode is obviously we've gone through our Gotham manuals for the past two weeks, and Gotham starts back this week, Monday night. I'm excited because now we get back to the weekly 
analysts uh, or weekly analysis of these shows. Granted, it's only Gotham for the first three weeks, but um, we're, we we got some other stuff we're going to put in there as well. Obviously, we're going to talk about episode two of um, the Telltale Batman, uh, you know, as well as some other things as well. But right now, this particular edition of DC Primetime, we're just going to recap a little bit about what we know of these shows um, going into their seasons and what we'd like to see. Um, so, I mean, I guess we, we talked about Gotham last week, so we really don't have to go too much into detail uh, with that. But as of what we know so far, we know, obviously, Fish Mooney is, is back to life. Uh, we know that these escapees have been released from Arkham uh, and are now on the loose, hence the title Mad City going into this season, third season of Gotham. Uh, we know that new introductions of villains are going to be made in that in the Mad Hatter and uh, Killer Croc in the very least. Um, what else do we know if if that's unless there's anything else that I might just be forgetting? Well, as we mentioned just a couple of days ago, like I know we have the Tweedle Brothers are going to be there. I think they also mentioned Solomon Grundy. Um, you know, obviously with Mad Hatter comes Alice. And then we still have the whole mystery of the pseudo doppelganger right now uh, for Bruce Wayne. So we're going to try to figure out what's going on there. And then uh, we have the aging up of Poison Ivy as well. So and we that. we do know that she's not going to be really villainous. Apparently, she's going to kind of act as kind of like a surrogate sister to Bruce. So that is something I think they did talk about late last week in a news story. I believe I may have even pushed it up on the uh, Facebook page. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so that's kind of what we know right now. And that's, again, just the front half of the season. And uh, we do know it's going to be the Falcone family is going to be very prevalent. I think it's it's Carmine and his two sons. And one of the sons is actually now dating Lee Tompkins. So we do know this so far. Um, beyond that, I think Gordon's still kind of just more or less a bounty hunter at the moment. That's Yeah, I, th- I think that's what I read too. And uh, Barnes and Bullock are the ones leading the charge over at GCPD. So I, that's kind of as much as we know as far as the initial setup of the season. Then obviously we know the Court of Alice is going to probably be the big push probably for the front half of the season during this Mad, C- uh, Mad City kind of uh, ideal. And it makes me kind of really wonder now what the mid-season point's going to be, where they kind of do the switchover. So, yeah. Um, what kind of what what kind of stuff would we like to see <clears throat> from this third season? Are there any characters that have not yet been introduced that you would like to see uh, in this third season, or any kind of stories that you would like to see? Well, I mean, like the one thing I know a lot of people have always, always complained about a little bit more with Gotham was just the idea that a lot of these characters felt older. I think that uh, older than they should for Batman, you know, when by the time he's aged up, these people are he's going to be beating the hell out of are going to be in their late 30s, maybe early 40s, some even older than that. Maybe that they need to start looking at that and saying who are some of her, his older rogues that they could mess with. Yeah. Um, I mean, that obviously brings in people like you could do like Deacon Blackfire, which I'm surprised they actually haven't done yet. Um, or you could actually maybe mess around with the idea of uh, Rachel Gould. Um, I mean, it's it, there's a lot here that they could be playing around with. And it's just a question of how deep they're going to go. I mean, I don't think we expected to see any villains specifically in, you know, full on costume or uniform at all in, in this past season. 
that kind of came out of the blue when that did happen. So I'd like to, for I think honestly right now, I just want to see them embrace that because they said, okay, we're going to be kooky and weird. Let's continue the kooky and weird. So let's play with that a little bit more and, and see what happens with that. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's really just where I want to see them go. I'm really not quite sure what they're going to do with court of vowels. I just hope that they avoid kind of, uh, treading back a little bit into what the order the order felt like in the front half of season two i mean again it's kind of like this underground organization we've kind of already seen that with hive in arrow we saw that with the order of saint dumas in season two so so yeah they have to i think do this in a different way and i'm kind of curious on how that's going to play out yeah um i I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head it's they got us Um, you know, just that weird and that quirky that you had mentioned, they, that's what they got to get to. And I'm, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that like, I was a fan of Smallville. So obviously I take Gotham in the same stride in that, you know, yes, we're being introduced to a lot of villains that we've, you know, that we know are part of Batman's lore and, you know, Batman is not yet Batman. So we're getting these characters a lot early on, but, you know, same thing with Smallville, like, I knew going into Smallville it was not going to follow Mythos. So, you know, um, so I was okay with that. And I'm taking the same thing with Gotham. So I'm I'm actually okay with the introduction of all these characters. And I realize that they're, I mean, a lot of them are younger versions of themselves. But I know one thing I would like to see, and I don't necessarily mean in this third season. This could be a little bit later on. And the only reason I'm saying I would like to see this is because I know I name drop his name a lot, but you know, Drew Powell is just such a super nice guy when we talk to him that I just can't help it. But one of the things we talked about in his conversation, and it was a realization that off that him, myself and my co-host at the time, Adam uh, came to is that we would like to see Drew actually become one of these characters like a a well-known character that everybody knows and the only one we could think of that would work out best for drew is bane actually i disagree who would you Uh, think solomon grundy okay that that could work as well because you know grundy was originally he was a mobster um and then you know maybe he does the wrong thing pushes somebody the wrong way is murdered by somebody else in the mob it gets you know Buried, you know, buried, and then boom. <laughs> so that could be really interesting. I could I mean, see I, that at work as well, and I think that would work well for his character. It would because, like, Grundy's always been this big hulking guy, uh, and I, you know, Bane, Bane works, but you know, I, I don't see that from the Butch character. You know, you know, it's Bane has always just been this massive aggressor, battle tactician, and that's never been quite butch's character you know he's been more the mob lackey and that you know ultimately was kind of pushed in multiple directions constantly and him maybe going out on his own is what leads him to do something that really pisses off the wrong person gets knocked off but then comes back as his iconic character yeah and the more you talk about it the more actually i can actually see solomon grundy working a lot better for for butch yeah, uh, I think okay. it would it would be cool. I think it would be really kind of cool to see. I mean, I know we did see some photos out there of somebody else that kind of, I think they were saying, may very well be Grundy. It was somebody that looked almost very albino-esque. And I'm like, eh, that's not what I was thinking. You know, usually when you think Grundy, you know, it's this, it's pretty much the equivalent of the Gray Hulk. <laughs> yeah, <pretty laughs> But as much. a villain. Yeah. Um, 
And, you know, why not? I think that would be a cool call. It would be the right, I think, right call. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, but let's move on. So we have four other shows, obviously, we want to talk a little bit about. Uh, and I guess we'll go in order because um, I'm realizing now we have two shows on Monday. Yes, we do. We've got Supergirl and Gotham and to look Gotham. at. So. Yeah. Um, so, but Supergirl being the other one, obviously we're going into the sophomore season of Supergirl. Uh, a lot of things have changed with this show. We are seeing, we're going to see less of Callista Flockhart in the show due to the moving of the show being to Vancouver. Um, and obviously we, we're seeing the show now on the CW. So it has completely changed networks. There's a bunch of new casts. It has changed shooting locations as such. And I think we're both in complete agreement that these are good things. For oh, the every show. everything that they're doing sounds perfect. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm very, very happy to see all the things that they're doing, and uh, I think this is the show I'm the most excited to see, even over everything else right now. Yeah, because I'm really, really curious on what this move is going to do for the show. Um, me and my wife actually just went back through the entirety of Supergirl in the last week and a half, and. Uh, so it was nice seeing everything back in order because I, you know, when we started doing the show originally, I saw the pilot the fir- like first and maybe and second, third episode, something like that. Missed a huge chunk. And then we started the show right around episode nine. I think we were like a week out from like the Bizarro storyline happening. It was right after the Toy Man episode uh, is where we kicked in. So it was probably around episode 10. And uh, so I had a lot of backfill I had to do, and I was doing that as I was already invested into the season, so everything else felt weird. But watching it from start to finish again made me actually enjoy that show a lot more than I think I originally reviewed it in our annual. Yeah, and that was I think that was relatively easy for you to do, too, because Supergirl Season 1 is only, what, a, a 12 episodes? No, no, it's a full season, man. Is it? Yeah. Man, I am so far off. You're, you're you're thinking Legends. Legends was like the 13 episode one, but yeah, well, Supergirl, I, was, Supergirl was a, was a couple. Season. It was a couple episodes short of a full and, season. It may be like 20 episodes. It's 20 still, episodes. Yeah, yeah I just so. um, man, I'm so far off today. It's this is what happens when you record two episodes of this in a matter of three days. Um, but yeah, but I mean, now we're obviously we're seeing uh, Superman come into the mix, which is something honestly I did not expect to happen. Um, and now I'm extremely excited to see it. As long as, as I've mentioned earlier on, Superman does not take the focus away from Kara. Well, I mean, I, I still think we're only going to see him in a handful of episodes this season. I mean, I think right now we only know of his involvement in two episodes. It's episode one and episode two. Yes. Um, and I think that they'll they'll bring him back out every once in a while. Do but I... I I don't think we're going to see him in more than, I would say, five or six episodes this season. Do we think he's going to be part of the crossover? I don't know. I, I'm still not sure. It's really going to be very dependent on um, what's going to happen, I think, in the first two episodes. I honestly hope he's not. I'm not going to uh, lie. Uh, there's a big part of me, though, that would love to see the two of them interacting together. Because it's really going to depend solely on how they show these characters. It's the fact that Superman's been around for a long point uh, point in time right now, but if it's treated very much as they were saying the way that they wanted to write them specifically more as kind of like partners, not like one is a sidekick, one is the hero. It's more they're equals in each other's eyes. Yes. So, And as um, long as it comes off like that, I think we're going to be fine. 
And the only reason I would like to see Superman as part of the crossover uh, is because we're getting we'll be getting our first taste of the Justice League on DC television. Yeah, pretty much. So you know, with super with Superman, the Flash, and Green Arrow, which would be pretty damn cool. Yeah, I mean, I don't see anything wrong with him being around and sticking around. And maybe next season we'll see him, you know, Tyler get that same contract that we saw a lot of people get where he's allowed to appear in multiple places. And it doesn't mean that they're going to use him in every episode. Like, you know, he's on Flash this week, then Arrow the following, then Legends the week after that, and Supergirl and so on and so forth. It's just kind of like they're going to use him as they see fit because they have the ability to. And I think that's the wise thing to do. Now you bring this up is, this is the taste of him here next year. Maybe we'll see that change. Now you bring up a good point um, in that contract uh, that brings people to cross over all four shows. Uh, we know, in fact, that John Barrowman has that contract. We know that. Um, oh my God, my mind is blanking. Um, Snart. Um, Wentworth Miller. Wentworth Miller has that contract as well. Um, what does that reveal about the fact of, you know, Supergirl being part of these, the same universe? Because if these two characters are going to be appearing on all four shows, obviously well, these two characters have the ability to cross dimensions, cross universes too, or Supergirl is now part of this universe. Well, I, I think right now, I think our hope is that she becomes part of this universe, at least by the end of the crossover event. Uh, and just because this stuff is in everybody's contracts, it doesn't mean the writers are going to choose to use them that way. It's just more than likely they have multiple projects that are happening outside of the DC television universe. They're giving them the flexibility to do what they want, but still be like, hey, we have an episode. Are you going to be available? Because we would really like to write you into script A, B, and C. Okay. You know, I, I mean, I have the feeling that's more along the lines of what it may very well be. So... I wouldn't take it as a grain of salt that all these people are here definitely going to appear in all these things, but it, this very well could be just because of the crossover that their contracts have to be written in such a way because they're going to make appearances in this crossover and that carries through multiple shows. But what, if that were the case, then then wouldn't we also hear that kind of a contract from the rest of the the four characters that we know are the villains? We would also well, I, hear this about Damian Dark and Reverse Flash. Well, I'm sure that's in their standard contracts, though, just as lead actors in these shows. The question is, a lot of when you look at a lot of the villains, a lot of them are not in every episode. They have smaller contracts that are written solely for one thing, where like your lead stars, I'm sure, are written that way. But you're, you're seeing this more with people that are additional players. Like Barryman was not in like more than half of the episodes of Arrow. He's kind of a featured featured actor, um, you know. Wentworth Miller is not going to be around for every episode like they already said as well. So kind of that featured actor idea. So I think that's why it's they're, they're being written the way they are as far as their contracts are concerned. Okay, understandable. Uh, as far as the future of Supergirl goes in, into this second season, what kind of things would we like to see? All right, right off the bat, the one I, I'm still thinking of and my brain's still sitting there is <laughs> we know Jeremiah Danvers is in Cadmus. Uh-huh. So my hope... And absolute hope right now is play around with the Supergirl mythos where in the new universe, uh, Cyborg Superman is her father. So play with that idea of the traditional Hank Henshaw thing uh, and make Jeremiah Danvers have the Cadmus people turn him into Cyborg, the Cyborg Superman. Um, because it would be awesome. Like we brought this up when we did the annual, but I, the, after watching it again, I want to see it again. Like 
we've had I forget how many months since the show's ended. Last time we saw Jeremiah Danvers was quite some time. Maybe Dean King could have gotten, you know, hit the gym pretty hard, got kind of back in his Superman shape a little bit, and then they could just play with that. And that would be so much fun. This guy that used to be Superman in an old TV show can kind of be Superman again somewhat, but not quite. I think that would be kind of awesome. Because that would be cool to see, especially because we have a Superman now in this show. So. No, I I agree with you. Um, And you kind of stole my thunder a little bit, too, because I was going to bring up Cadmus Labs. But you did go in a little bit of a different way um, in that seeing, you know, Jeremiah Denver's become uh, Cyborg Superman. And I'm completely okay with that, especially because of the fact that we've now seen Hank Henshaw take on the role of Martian Manhunter. So, obviously... Hank Henshaw is not going to become Cyborg Superman. Um, Jeremiah Denvers would be a great um, way to twist that around so that we do get a Cyborg Superman out of this. Uh, I'm more excited for the idea, and we've kind of already gotten a small taste of it, and I want to see more of it, um, of seeing the Guardian uh, from Academy oh, yeah. Slabs. Yeah, we we did see Eddie McClintock play uh, Jim Harper. Yes. Yeah, so. Um so now that we know Cadmus exists, um, perhaps that is where his character has gone. Yeah, maybe we very well could see Guardian. Because, I, uh, yeah, I know that was one of the things. As soon as they said Cadmus, I was like, I guarantee Ben's is. He wants to see Guardian. <laughs> I do. So. And, and I still want to see that. So um, I, I'm, I'm hoping that maybe once they, they really dive into the Cadmus Lab storyline, um, that's a possibility of something that we can see uh, yeah. as the, before the season wraps up. How about for villains? What, what, is there any villains you can think of that you want to see appear, whether it's a Supergirl or Superman villain? Um, I don't know off the top of my head. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing – no, I don't want to see Zod because we've seen Zod enough. Um, I, I would like them to, to skip over Kryptonian villains with maybe the exception of maybe we see Indigo come back. Like you know, I, and I think that I think we're going to see Indigo come back, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I thought I had seen something, but it could have just been a clip from the first season. Hmm, um, I'm trying so to think. I, I don't know. Uh, you know what? I think one of the ones I would love to see this season: Lobo. Bring in Lobo. That he's trying to bring in Supergirl for something. And that's something you've been I you've been taught you've talked about quite a bit before too because I think well, yeah I mean they they nodded to it about it's like you know it was this like uh it was like bounty hunter is like is like do you think it's him he's like no if he, if it was him we would have known and that was that little conversation between Alex and and um you know Martian Manhunter in the DEO at that one point and I think that was that little nod but I would love to see that because they know of his existence dude use it have fun with it I I just thought of one. Um, Because I was trying to think of, like, I was going back through the animated series and and such, um, trying to think of some villains that we haven't seen yet, uh, at least in a live action format. And I just thought of one that I think would actually fit really well into Supergirl, and I think would be they could have a lot of fun with. I want to see Mister Mixoplex. I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I like the character and all, but I think in this show it would just people would be like, "What the hell is going on?" You think it would it would feel feel like too much like a fever dream? I I I don't think <laughs> it would function. It's kind of like if Batmite showed up in Gotham, everybody's like, "This doesn't make any sense." 
it, it's the show has never worked that quite that way where because that's such a hard left turn to to throw somebody like him in there. I mean, they could do it, but it's just the question of do I think they ever would? And I honestly, I gotta say, I'd lean to no. Okay. Um, how about Parasite? I think Parasite's actually. The more and more I thought about it, that's one of the, I think, those classic villains from DC that I think I could really see show up this season. Uh, and I, th- I definitely think this season as well, because I think we already know Mattel is going to be one of her big bads that she's going to deal with. It's going to get set up in episode one and two. Well, do we know that Mattel is going to be a big bad or is he just going to be brought in for the introduction of Superman? Yeah, I, you know what? I think what we're going to see, and I think this would be the smart way to play it, is have the the classic, the human version of him before he really has much, uh, a lot of power yet. Maybe he just has kryptonite on him. And something happens in that fight where Cadmus gets him and Cadmus turns him into the traditional version of the character that we all know. And maybe that's a nod and a lean to where what's going to happen to Jeremiah. Okay. All right. I can see that happening before. Because I think I had brought that up before, too, is that we know Metallo is coming in. We know from the pictures that we've seen, the the scene that was filmed is between Metallo and, and uh, Superman. Um, so I was under the impression, and I thought it was a good lead-in, is that that is the introduction to Superman. Is that the battle that we see, and then that's our introduction to Superman. It, somehow Metallo goes over to where you know Supergirl is. Superman comes over. Supergirl comes in to help him stop him, and then that's our introduction to Superman. That would work. So, but yeah, uh, and then the last, I guess, real big thing we have out there that's kind of floating around is uh, Monel. We know Monel. We have this other, basically, not quite. He's not Kryptonian. Uh, he's a Daxamite, but very similar. And I'm wondering how he's going to factor into the world with uh, Supergirl and Nail Superman. Yeah. So I'm really curious on how that's going to play out. But we're, I think everybody's pretty certain that he's the one in that pod when uh, the show kicks off. We're getting a whole super family at this point. Pretty much. We're not far off from it. So, And uh, last but not least for me is I still want to see Damn Street Key the Super Cat. So. <laughs> it's funny that you bring that up because I was actually going to talk about Supergirl's horse. <laughs> I don't remember the name of the horse, but I know at some point she had a horse. I, I, God damn it. It's going to bother me. <laughs> I know. I want to say – there's part of me that wants to say Comet, but I don't think that's right. I actually think that is it. Is it Comet, Supergirl? Ugh, I gotta see. Um, Supergirl's horse name was Comet. Yep. Yay. So, <laughs> it's uh, sad that I can remember those things. But you know, it's funny. I can't remember half of my family's birthdays, anything like that. But Comet and Streaky, you know, they hold near and dear places to my heart. Not really, but they, they at least pushed away and got rid of classic childhood memories. There you go. So things you should remember have been erased. Yes, by yes. Uh, by comic book knowledge. Um, yeah, all right, so let's move on to I think Flash. Uh, let's just dive into it. It's it's the show I'm looking forward to the most. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It's out of all the shows that we cover, it is my absolute favorite of them all. So, and this season is no different. This third season of the Flash is no different. Let's talk about some of the things we're we're going to be seeing. Oh, man, where do we even start? We know the season is going to start with Flashpoint. We know that, once again, the reverse Flash is the big bad, at least going into the beginning of the season. Uh, We know from the very start we're going to see Kid Flash uh, as the new speedster, and Barry is not. I mean, that's that's the way the season is going to start. So, um, 
We don't know for sure how long Flashpoint is going to last. We know we've heard many rumblings that don't expect it to last very long. And I'm sticking to that. I'm sticking maybe two, three episodes at the most. We're going to see Flashpoint before things are corrected. Uh, I don't know what your prediction on that is. Uh, mine's the same. Two, two to three, max. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think it's just going to be one episode, but they, they could very well do that and say, well, no, we got to get back to the status quo. But my guess is if I really have to put a solid over under on it, my guess is two episodes. And I think that's what makes the most sense. Make it like a two part pilot. It's a two part thing. Yeah. Yeah. Two weeks and then Flashpoint is wrapped up. Everything goes back to as close to normal as it can be due to the things that have been done. And then we go back to bat because you can't have a show called the flash without the flash i mean it's well it's it's not even that because you know he is going to be the flash still in these episodes we know he still has his powers it's his memories are starting to go away and then be replaced by this alternate timeline and he that's when he starts realizing he has to fix things he made a selfish act and he has to do something while he still has the ability to do it so i have a feeling this is going to be a really kind of a very back to the future-esque like he's got a He's got very little time left to set things right, which is why it makes sense to have this is two episodes. The other big reason to right off the bat is you have a cast of characters that people love and you could very well lose people that watch the show because, well, you put that on for too long. I'm like, this is not my Joe, my Cisco, my Iris, my Caitlin, my Barry at all anymore. Like, these are not the characters I have tuned in to watch. Um and you have to get back to the status quo because those are the reasons that people watch these shows. Yes. It's not for an entire season of an alternate future where, you know, those moments that people love, like you, me, Maddox, my wife, uh, our friend Amanda, when we're like, oh, it's the Papa Joe moment of the episode. We we love those moments. And if you don't do that for multiple episodes, I think you're the lot of the heart that show always had and the, the humor, it will not be the same style. And yeah. I think it will... It could really lose something. So I think they can't do this too long. And it's funny that you bring up Joe um, because, it, you, yes, you did say, like, we love Papa Joe. Like, he's one of our favorite characters on the show. But going back and rewatching the pilot, Joe was kind of a dick. He kind of was. <laughs> he, he was kind of a dick at the start. But at the end of the episode, like, he was the overprotective father, both to Iris and Barry in the beginning of that. Yes. Things went crazy. And then he's like. Oh, crap, Barry's got powers. When he realizes who Barry is and who Barry has become, everything changes. But for the first, for the most part of that pilot, Joe's a dick. He, yeah. He really is. But um, you know what, though? Like, that's not a big shock when it comes to pilots. No. I mean, because... he, he, you know, he flat out tells Barry, your father murdered your mother. Get over it. Like, I mean, it's, you know, we know this is the fact. And then now, from what we know of the show now, you know, you know, Henry's innocent and he's free and... Uh, we know that Reverse Flash is the one that actually did it. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of understandable that in the pilot, that's how it starts off. It's also, too, this is the first time these people are, are slipping into these character roles. They don't know exactly what they're going to do. I mean, if you ever want a good example of that, go back to the first episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> I mean, and then watch anything. It doesn't have to be something current, but, like, look at, like, at the show five years, six years later. It's a drastically different show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, this is it's just the normal thing. It shows need to be able to evolve on their own. It's kind of like um, somebody mentioned to us that they said it was great to see us kind of starting to hit our stride and kind of like we loosened our collars on the show where it it doesn't feel like we're trying to be so specific to these all these little points constantly. And we can just BS and talk about these things a little bit more. And, yeah. and 
that's no different than any show or any property that exists. Everything should be able to evolve the way it's it's happening naturally. Yes. And uh, when you shoot a pilot and you've got four months between the next time you ever shoot an episode when you're waiting to see if the network picks it up, you have a lot of time to rethink about your characters and your characters' motivations and who those characters are going to be, how they're going to interact with everybody. And that's and, very much what you see in these shows. And sometimes even who plays those characters. Yeah. I mean, because we've seen... I, I've... I've I've seen a number of pilots that I've watched and you know between the first and second episode it's a completely different person playing that character. Arrow is a perfect example but example of that. As Katie Lotz was not the first uh, was not the first Sarah. Or yeah, was that's... or is it Laurel? Or was it was it Katie Cassidy who wasn't the first Laurel? I know one um, of the two of them was not the same. No, I think it yeah. was Laurel. Um, I think it Katie Cassidy was not was. the first original Laurel on the boat in the pilot of Arrow. Right. Um, so or no, you're thinking Sarah. So I was right. I, Sarah, I was right the first time. It was Sarah. Sarah. Katie Lotz. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So Katie I was Lotz. right. Um, I was confusing myself. Yeah. Katie Lotz was not the first Sarah uh, in that show. Um, you know, but it was somebody different in the pilot. And when, like you said, you wait for shows to be picked up before you start filming again. And then things change in between that time. And Katie Lotz was... The character was the actress that was recast. Yeah. Um, I mean, right now, like I said, I think The Flash is the hardest one out of all these shows to talk about. Um, Just because the first couple episodes of the season can change every one of our expectations about the show Um, for the entirety of the season. I really don't know. I'm really excited to see Jesse Quick as Jesse Quick. Um, And I really want to see how they're going to bring her and Harrison back. What's going to be the deciding point? Is this big crossover that's going to happen this season? Is this a merging of all Earths? Which means Henry Allen, well, uh, Henry Allen of Earth 3 slash Jay Garrick. Maybe now he's there constantly. There's a reason for it. Um, all these things can change so so much. And I would love to see this is this, whatever happens in the mid, mid-season. It's a merging of all Earths. If they can find a way to bring John Wesley Ship back to this show on a regular basis, maybe not full time, but a regular basis as he has been before, I will be so happy. Yeah, I, 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 I love his character. I mean, I, I do remember when they were talking about that a little bit, like in the middle of the summer after the show wrapped, that they said because they have the ability now to go through dimensions because of Cisco, that you know Barry can talk to him and basically have somebody to kind of look up to. Uh, that can kind of show him the ropes as this person that's been the Flash for so long. Yeah, like he's got he's got a mentor yeah. again. I mean, uh, I'm I'm, I'm loving the fact too that we're into the third season of this, and so far we are seeing all these different versions of the Flash. Um, you know, we're seeing the Barry Allen Flash, Flash. We're seeing the Jay Garrick Flash. We're seeing Kid Flash. We're seeing Jesse Quick. I'm <clears throat> I'm I'm loving this. Like it's it's very it's funny to me. Like, I, one of my favorite comic book characters growing up was Superman. Always been Superman. And it's amazing to me what the on-screen portrayals can do to your opinions of these characters. Um, I grew up on Superman, but Man of Steel kind of ruined Superman for me. I'm not as big a Superman fan as I was anymore. I can kind of take him or leave it. However, Flash, who was kind of always a secondary character to me, since this show began, has become my absolute favorite. I, I mean, I went as Jay. I cosplayed as Jay Garrick from the show. Uh, if listeners could see the wallpapers on all my computers, they're all Flash related. Whether it's Reverse Flash or Jay Garrick or Barry Allen, I have a Flash 
laminate on my car. My cell phone cover is the like I'm a Flash fanatic now, and it's amazing. It's all because of this show. Yeah, I mean, it's I still think to, to this day it's one of my favorite things that have, has ever come to TV. Yeah, um, in at least a very long time. I mean, there's been a ton of shows I've absolutely adored and loved, and Flashes really really high up there i mean that's that show that i'm i'm geeking out about all week and i'm like oh i can't wait for the episode to be up i want to watch i want to watch i want to watch but this is the one though that i again like the more and more i was putting thought into this i mean yeah we're gonna see savitar we're gonna see dr alchemy mirror master uh, mirror master i mean we we know all these are things are coming but if you were to ask me what my expectations for the season are i can't tell you because i have no clue and uh, to that point like you said earlier you know this this unknown future of this show is what could change our expectations are you afraid that you might not like the show as much no it kind of feels like it's i'm waiting for christmas yes that, because i don't know what i'm gonna get for christmas and it's, it's that feeling and it's and i really and you know like i said okay well flashpoint's gotta be this little truncated version of the storyline that we love um but it could be something and they're going to do this little small version of it. It's not going to hold up, but it's going to be to what you want of an adaptation of Flashpoint. But we already had that with the animated movie. They did a great job. Of yes. It. But what comes after that? I don't know. And I'm really excited to see what the hell that is. And that's the point I was going to make, too, is that I am I'm more excited for this season because I don't know what's yeah. coming. It's a complete and total mystery to me. Um, I have no idea. I mean, we have somewhat of idea with like what Kevin Smith's episode is, um, you know, we but we don't know, um, you know, what the crossover is. We don't know what the future holds after Flashpoint. We we just don't know. And I love it. Yeah. I mean, we, we have a feeling that the Black Flash is coming back like the first time we really see the Black Flash, which is exciting. Um, I want to see Hartley come back and be part of the team in an episode or two of the season just for fun. <laughs> Like all these little things that they changed the timeline um, from just Barry mucking around in time and just having a little moment like that. I'm like, oh, this guy actually ended up becoming a, a solid dude. And that was just because of something so minute in one episode that now that we could see some seriously drastic changes on the Flash because of it. It's exciting because I have no idea. We know we're getting getting like what a two to three part episode that's garage, you know. They're going to do some fun stuff this season, and I want to see another big Rogues episode. Wait, we're getting a Grodd episode on Flash? Yeah. That's where he was from. Yeah, but... Oh, yeah, what am I thinking? I'm, I'm, <laughs> Jesus. I, God. I was thinking Supergirl for a reason. No, but the reason I was thinking Supergirl, I had Supergirl in my brain, because one of the things I actually forgot to mention when we talked about Supergirl, um, James Banford is directing an episode of Supergirl now. Yeah, that was I mean, just announced. He's doing Flash, Arrow, Legends, and now Supergirl. He is directing on all four episodes, or all four shows. Awesome. But yeah, we're getting a Gor- <laughs> Gorilla City episode. I mean, that's yeah. just kind of awesome, man. I mean, so we know a couple things we're going to see. It's just a matter of how they play it out. I don't know what the feel of the th- of this season's going to be. I'm curious. I, I don't want to really almost... That's the one I feel like I don't want to spoil too much for myself. I mean, I feel like with Arrow, Legends... Supergirl, for the most part, we have a good idea what those seasons are going to be. Same with Gotham. It's just, uh, but Flash, I have no idea where they're going to go. Yeah, I, and I'm in the same boat. Uh, so, you know what? With that being said, let's just stop talking about the Flash because 
we're we're super excited about it. Uh, two other shows though that we do have to bring up <clears throat> before we uh, move on to some other stuff. Obviously, Arrow is the show uh, coming back for its fifth season. Uh, we do know that. Uh, Talking about stuff that we do know. We do know that Chad Coleman is the big bad for this season. Very down-to-earth, realistic villain this time. No supernatural abilities or anything like that. Uh, he's basically a street mobster. He's a gangster. Um, who's bringing together all these other gangs to take on Arrow and the team. Uh, we do know that the Arrow cave itself is going to have more people in it as well. We know that... Um, uh, 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 Mr. Terrific is going to be joining the team as well as a number of other who you probably know better than I would. Uh, yeah, we'll be seeing Artemis and Wild Dog I, as well. I knew. And in, in addition to classic Team Arrow coming back as well. I was so. thinking Cap- I was thinking Casey Jones, but that's the same thing. Yeah. Uh, you talked and about good it. job. You did say Mr. Terrific and not Mr. Fantastic. I know. I did. <laughs> uh, but Echo Column, yeah, is Mr. Terrific, uh, Artemis, and um, Casey Jones. <laughs> wild dog. I know it's wild dog. Um, this is another show, though, that I, I love the show, but there's definitely been some lows for the show lately. And I know a group of people that listen to this podcast who are very high on Arrow, like it is their favorite show of all of them. And it's more for Steven than anything else. But, um, but they are they're absolute fans. And they actually I get criticized a lot when we talk down about Arrow, but we're we're really just sharing our opinions. It does not mean we don't still love the show. We still love the show. It's just not our favorite. And this is another one that I don't know what to expect to come from this. I'm I'm seeing, you know, videos and promos and stories, and I get excited. But I don't know if unlike Flash where I get excited and I know I'm going to be stay excited. I don't know if I, if the excitement is true or not. Like I don't. I'm hoping I don't go into this excited and I'm going to get disappointed. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Is like, oh, like we just we're uh, right before we started. We watched the season five extended trailer, and we're like, that looks freaking awesome. And then at the end of that, when it was over, I'm like, please don't fuck it up. Yeah. And that's I, I hate to think that way because I love a lot of these characters. Um, the last two seasons, I think a lot of people admit. While there was a lot of highlights, there was a lot of lowlights, and they're hard to look past. Um, and it's fine because everybody out there, you know, shows that run for numerous years will always have a slump somewhere. I mean, the start of season three, as we mentioned in, well, you know, in the past, was a good solid start, and then it went in weird places that it shouldn't have went. And then season four had a really strong start, and then kind of went in weird ways again and fell apart again, and. They they make some odd choices, and I'm re- I think they're realizing what they need to do. They did say one of the big themes for this season is legacy, so it makes you really wonder what is going to happen here. Um, because we know for the first time that the flashbacks in this season are going to mirror a lot more of season one, so it's going to feel like you have season one. This is going to be season point five in the flashbacks. So I think this is the first time we're going to care a little bit more about them since maybe season one, season two, when we got them. So I really hope it has that feel again, because this is the last time we're going to see these the same way. They said they made sure they know that that's a problem with the show. Every show writer and showrunner for that show has already stated this, so they're well aware of the problems. They said this well before 
They started knocking out scripts before they started filming. So, and you you have to look at because Amel is he loves this character. He loves portraying this character. He wants to make sure the character is done right. And uh, you know he's an ambassador for Green Arrow. You know he wants to make sure he's holding the torch for that character and gets to hold on to that torch as long as humanly possible. And the only way he's going to do that is if he makes sure that that character is portrayed the way it should oh, be. Oh, he is extremely protective of Green yeah. Arrow. I mean, he, and, more so than a lot of people even realize. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, if you you think he's not aware that the Reddit threads out there switch to a Daredevil Reddit thread, you know, you've got to be drunk. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's very well aware of what the fans think of the show right now, yeah. or a lot, a lot of the fans. Now he, um, not all fans, bear in mind, but I mean, there's a, there's going to be a, a vocal minority, but they're very vocal, and unfortunately, that's the problem. Yeah. Um, back in May, we actually had an opportunity to interview Stephen, and he did bring up a very good point during this interview, and and it's one of the reasons why I'm actually giving this season a little bit of leeway. Um, he did make the point that you know. A lot of critics have said that the, the past couple seasons have not been that great. They've been kind of weaker seasons. Uh, and he he did bring up the point that a lot of people don't realize and remember that these last couple seasons, they've used Arrow as launching points for other shows. Um, you know, we saw The Flash come out of Arrow. We saw Legends of Tomorrow come out of Arrow. And, you know, because of that reason, they kind of took away the focus from the actual Arrow storyline. Um, because they had to kind of shift it in order to launch these other shows. This season, season five, there are no other shows being launched from Arrow, so they can get back to the heart and the grit of these Arrow storylines. Knowing that and realizing that, I'm still very hopeful for this season. I am too. I mean, this this trailer actually did get me a lot more excited than I felt in a while. Me too. Um and I really want to see what they're doing. I love that they're kind of bringing up a new crop of characters. Ollie's the one leading the charge. He's not just constantly reacting. Like, um, you know, everybody kind of was saying it was felt like he was very much kind of Batman-esque because he was constantly sobbing in a corner somewhere. <laughs> Things were never going well the last two seasons for him. And, like, and it's kind of like he gets the hope back to him and... Then he falls apart and goes in the opposite direction again. I'm like, no, that was what half the season was about, of you finding hope and finding balance. And you just did that in the last two episodes, and then you fell apart again. Stop doing that. Hang on to it. Just, I want the character to be able to be this hopeful character. Yeah. Sure, let him be an absolute fuck-up of a mayor that causes more problems for the city, but then he realizes this is not the job for me, but it is my job to be the Green Arrow. Yeah. If that's what it's going to be, fine, do it. But they gotta make sure the biggest gripe about the last couple seasons was it not it, it was a story that was no longer about him. It became about his supporting players and not him. And and I do admit that I do have that fear a little bit still now too, especially the fact that we are getting so many new supporting characters this season. Um, but I I'm still and I go back to our Arrow you know season finale talk and uh, you know our Arrow annual and stuff. A lot of people were disappointed in the finale of the last season of season four. I wasn't as disappointed as most people because to me, that was literal. That was a literal pushing the reset button on the show. You had all yeah. the characters go away. Everybody's kind of it's now a refresh. Like all these characters have gone away. They've gone to find themselves or they've gone to do other things. You can now bring them back in the way that you want them to be there. 
you've kind of reset their entire you you've reset their entire story. Yeah. And like I said, I feel like they kind of did that for Ollie and Felicity at the end of season three, and now everybody else got their their restart point. That's a good reason where why Ollie and Felicity are the ones that don't leave. They already had that moment. Yeah. Um and now everybody else gets their chance and now you can come back fresh and we can feel like we did at the start of everything. Yes. And that's my hope is what they do is they really take this opportunity in season five to embrace all of the criticism that they have, understand it, do the right thing. I mean, the last couple of seasons that we have seen some exceptional fight choreography uh, and some really good writing for quite a few characters. And then a lot of characters they just forgot about. And that's what they have to do this season. If you're going to have this many characters, balance them right. Don't let them fall to the background. Have your awesome fight sequences and watch the melodrama. You have to be very careful of that. That is the biggest, my biggest gripe of the last two seasons is the very hardcore melodrama that was kind of drugged through it where it was feeling more soap opery than it should. And granted, let's, let's be honest with you, everybody like here is these shows are soap operas for comic book characters. That's what they are. It's okay that they are. Um, but they kind of fell into some really rough tropes. And uh, they gotta they gotta watch that. They really have to watch yeah. that this season. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, one more show. Uh, anything else for Arrow? Um, what we'd like to see come out of this season? I other than actually, what we've already talked about. Honestly, I, I I'm really I want to see. I can't wait to see Ragman. I really want to see Rory Reagan. I, I I'm really excited about that moment. Okay. Um, and then beyond that, though, too, I, I just want to see when the, the team reassembles together, and I can't wait to see Curtis in full gear yeah. for the first time, throwing a T-sphere, and just, I just, I'm excited for those moments. There's a lot to be excited about this season. Yeah, that's one of my, that's one of my two biggest moments. Uh, my other one is, um, just because <laughs> we saw it with the Flash, I want to see Diggle's reaction to Supergirl. That's... <laughs> yes. That's the one thing I think more than anything else I'm looking forward to seeing this season is Diggle's reaction to Supergirl and possibly even Superman as well. Yeah. So, um, all right. So moving on to the final show that we are looking forward to seeing, obviously, and starting back up is Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, we do know as of right now that uh, Hawkman and Hawkgirl characters are leaving the show. They have left the show. Uh, thank God. <laughs> um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they pop up in at least one episode, though. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm with the way that the show works and time travel and stuff. Obviously, we could see them pop back up again. Um, you know, Falk Henschel and um, I can't remember the actress that played Kendra. Sierra Renee. Sierra Renee. Uh, they're they're great actors. It's just I don't think those characters were written very well for that show. Yeah, and I think that's the problem. Is the Hawks have always had an interesting history. But, I mean, even in the comics world, they've rebooted them so many times because they're like, we don't know what to do with these guys. Yeah, I think There's a good reason that's why they shouldn't have chosen them because I, a lot of times they just don't know. And I think do. the Hulk storyline might have worked better had the roles been reversed. Um, yeah. Had Kendra been the one that was actually dead and, you know, it was Falk the, that, and, and um, you know, Carter that was the one that was trying to deal with it. Um, because I think Falk Henschel is a much stronger actor than Sierra Renee. Nothing against her. I just think when it comes to that role, I think he was better suited. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, we are going to be seeing some new characters come into the mix. We're going to see... Um, is it Stargirl? Stargirl, Stargirl. yep. Um, 
uh, Our Man, which I'm looking forward to just because I love the actor that plays him. Yep. Um, uh, we're going to see Obsidian and Dr. Midnight. Yes, those are two of the other ones. Um, what other characters, other obviously other than Vixen and Constantine, uh, would you like to see well, travel? Like I said, we, we, we know we're not seeing Constantine, but Vixen is there from the forefront. Yes. So, um, honestly, I, I'm looking forward to the next meetup with Jonah Hex. Okay. So uh, I'm really excited for that. And I honestly, you know what? The one thing I really want to see in this season. Oh, don't take mine. Don't take mine. Go ahead. Jump into the future. I really want to see a futuristic episode and show us a future version of the Justice League. Okay. You didn't take mine, but that's good. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing some more of the Justice League in this and, and the Justice Society as well. Yeah, um, and that and maybe Connor Hawk again, you know? Yeah, oh, that'd be kind of fun too. Uh, no, yeah. I, I want to see Dr. Fate show up. That could be cool. Um, at some yeah, at least for just, just a single episode, yeah. that would be pretty awesome. So I would, I would love to see Dr. Fate show up at some point. Uh, but obviously we know, I think, from the beginning of this season. Do we know how many episodes we're getting? I think it's less than last time, isn't it? We're getting 12. and So one one episode less than last season. Which I don't know why they're doing that. Or no, no. There, I think it's 13 episodes. It was 16 last season. So. Okay. Um, I'm trying to con- to confirm. Um, yeah, last season was 16 episodes. You're right. So 16 episodes, and I'm pretty sure we're getting 13. I don't. I wonder why they're doing less. Um, you know what? It could very well be budget budget concerns. You got to think about now. They're also juggling Supergirl, and wonder if that has anything to do with that now. Um, because they now have another show that's also pushing some of their other shows now to mid season pickups. So between any new shows that they may bring in, but then you still have things like iZombie and the 100 and all these things that still will not start until mid-season. So it could that stuff could very well play into a lot of this. Um, it could also just be because it's a tighter story. There's maybe less time wasted than last season. Because I think you and me both agreed when we were looking at the uh, annual for the show that there was easily two or three episodes that didn't need to be there. Um, that they could have cut out of that storyline. So if we can get a nice, tight, concise story, I think we're fine. Okay, yeah. I mean, when you look at it that way, I mean, it almost goes to the same kind of format as uh, British television in that a lot of their TV seasons are 10 episodes and then the season is over. Uh, Unless you're Sherlock and then it's three and you have to wait three years for another season. Um, Sorry, my gripe moment for the, the podcast. Um, but yeah, so I guess a tighter season would work, a tighter story would work, and that would kind of explain the uh, the shorter season. Do we know the premiere date? Is it mid-season? No. Uh, this is actually starting up the second week. So okay. uh, we are getting, like I said, on the fourth Arrow, or fourth is Flash, uh, the fifth is Arrow, the following week, episode two, so Tuesday, Wednesday, but then Thursday, that week after the second episode. Well, actually, you know what, I take that back. It's um, the second week Supergirl starts, then The Flash is on episode two, then Arrow is on episode two, and then Legends is on episode one. So Okay, so so the second week we'll, we'll have all four shows? Yes. All we'll, five we'll, shows? All, yeah, we'll be at full strength yeah. uh, as far as the second week of October. Okay. Man, that's not that far away, man. It's only a month away. Oh, my God. <laughs> we got a, lot of, got a lot of notes to take and a lot of shows to watch. I, I just pray that the news hasn't been like it's been this summer because, I mean, like like we were joking to everybody in the past couple of weeks as far as when we were talking about, um, you know, DCR and those guys, that their 10-hour prep. The last couple of weeks, even just keeping up with the, the Facebook page, trying to keep up with everybody there, 
getting the news stories posted and just jotting down the news before the show, that's like three and a half hours, four hours of my week right there. Yeah. And there's those other five hours is going to be watching these shows. <laughs> yep. So to all you listeners out there who don't think we put a lot of effort into this podcast, oh, you are so <laughs> wrong. <laughs> it takes a lot of time. I mean, granted, our listeners put in the same kind of commitment when it comes to watching the shows. Too. Watching these shows, yeah. You know, but they get to watch and enjoy. We usually, I, I know if, if not anything, last season with a lot of these shows, I watched a lot of them twice um, because I wanted to watch them to enjoy them the first time. And then the second time I went back and I took notes. So, I mean, you're talking this season eight hours a week like a full work day you know minus commercials uh yeah. of of watching these shows because i'm going to watch them twice like i usually like i used to do and then throw in the news and monitoring the, the the uh the facebook page and um editing the podcast once the podcast is done recording and getting it online and everything else it's it's a good 10 hours a week oh yeah i mean it's it's it, it but you know it's it's worth it it's so much fun it's to completely do this. worth it Oh, yeah. Totally. But I mean, like, you know, back to Legends, though, I mean, like, some of the exciting things I got to say right off the bat, the Legion of Doom, man. Oh, my God. Give me the swamp base. That's all <laughs> I want to see. Do it up. And you know what? With the JSA, because they're supposed to take place in the 1940s, why, put them in the Hall of Justice. That'd be Do awesome. Just put them in the Hall of Justice. Put that as an awesome nod. I think that would be fantastic. And it would be awesome if maybe the Legion of Doom was from the past. And then something that ha- did happen to Captain Cold is the reason why. Because you, we do know that Reverse Flash can travel through time. Damien Dark has lived, it definitely seems, for quite some time. So that's believable. And something that, you know, it's just Reverse Flash pulling everybody, taking them all back to the 40s for their base. So they can have that ridiculous, stupid, you know, swamp base just because. Why not? Do it up. Just once. Embrace that. Just once. Just once. I don't care who says it. It's a better fit for Cisco to say it, uh, possibly during the crossover. Um, but just once, I want to hear the words, meanwhile, let the Legion of Doom. Yeah. Or meanwhile, yeah. let the Hall of Justice. The Hall of Justice. Yeah. They ha- it has to be uttered somewhere. I mean, that's why they would be great for the big bads of the crossover. Yes. It's the four of them. It's, it's the Arrow and it's the Flash villains, the big ones that we've dealt with all teamed up so yeah. why not i think it's a good way to go and my hope is still for me at the end of the season i want them to find a way to get captain cold back that would be pretty awesome because i mean that was my that was one of my moments in you know the finale of is him the whole you i've got no strings on me sacrificing himself for the team man that was still uh, still so such a bummer to me because i loved his character so much and i'm glad he's coming back um you know, granted, it's in a villain villainous state, but it's. I'm still glad that we're not losing Leonard Snart in this show. Indeed. So yeah, if if uh, they can find a way to to bring him back and maybe kind of tweak the timeline a little bit to make sure that he ne- he doesn't bite it, or they're able to save him at another point or pull him out of an earlier point in time. But uh, yeah, that I don't know. I would love to see Black Canary and Black uh, White Canary team up in an episode. Yeah, that'd be fun. I'm yeah. I'm excited for JSA, man. That's, yeah, that's... I, it's. I, I'm really looking forward to it. I hope that they don't waste too much time putting the team together in the first two episodes. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, they get to they get straight away to the story, which is uh, 
again, I mean, you have such a truncated story to tell, you're such a truncated amount of time to tell the story. Um, I have no doubts that they'll probably get to the story pretty quick. Hopefully, they'll get to the yeah. story pretty quick. Um, all right, I think that I think that pretty much wraps up what we were we were going to do for that for that portion of the podcast at least. Um, before we jump into the next one, obviously, I want to remind people that we spur of the moment announced last week uh, that we're going to do a potential giveaway for our listeners just because we want to reward them for being so awesome and interacting on Facebook and for listening to us. Um, so uh, again, if you missed the Gotham Annual Number Two and you're just listening to us again now, uh, the giveaway is this: by the time these shows start back up, October fourth, which is when the Flash premieres. Um, well, I mean, when Gotham starts this week, but when the Flash premieres October fourth, uh, it coincides with the release of the DVD and Blu-ray of Constantine: The Complete Series. Um, so. If we reach 200 likes on Facebook, which we are less than 100 away at this point, uh, we're already halfway there, um, we, will give a, we will do a contest to give away the comp- Constantine the Complete Series on DVD or Blu-ray. Uh, so all you have to do is spread the word. Um, share our Facebook page, facebook.com slash DC Primetime. Uh, get your friends to listen. Share the page. Get them to like the page. And if we hit that mark by October 4th, we will do a giveaway to give away Constantine's season, uh, the complete series. And I know, Rob, you actually came up with an idea. We had talked about sweetening the pot that if we hit 250, yes. um, if we hit 250 by uh, that date, we will sweeten the pot. You came up with a good idea. I will let you tell it. What are we going to do to sweeten the pot if so, we hit 250? Not only will we give away Constantine either in digital, Blu-ray, or DVD, but if 250 is hit, we will also give away a, the full season of Batman the Telltale series for Xbox One, PS4, or Steam, your choice. So that's it. We hit 250. So like I said, that will be uh, PS4 and Xbox One. There is a physical disc version of it that just contains episode one on there, but it does have the season pass. So you do need indeed to have to have a Internet connection on your console. Uh, to be able to get the rest of the episodes, which are still coming out. Episode 2 comes out this Tuesday. So we will, I would assume at that point will only be out. Uh, the like, second episode and the first episode will be the only ones out currently. Yeah. But we thought that would be kind of awesome to do. That way you can play along as we play along. Yeah, I think, I think that's a really awesome way to sweeten the pot. Uh, so 200 likes by October 4th. We will give away Constantine, the complete series on uh, – Blu-ray, DVD, or digital download. Uh, and if we hit 250 by October 4th, we will throw in uh, the complete season of Batman the Telltale Game on Xbox One, PS4, or Steam. Your choice. Yes. And uh, actually, just so you know, it's too, that it, th- this will probably really actually run until October 9th because that's when we'll be recording the episode after because that, uh, that, that October 4th point does happen to fall right in between episodes so we'll, we'll give it a couple extra days okay. just in case that works. but uh so yeah it's our uh, our october 9th recording no it's by october 4th or nothing at all <laughs> no october 9th is fine october 9th when we wrap up so um all right i'm going to turn it over to you because this is a uh, this next portion we're not going to spend a lot of time on it but uh, it's definitely something very interesting that we've never thought of doing um but one of our listeners recommended this on Facebook, and I know um, you loved this idea. I loved this idea. So why don't you tell us who was it recommended this and what exactly it is? 
So listener Jackson asked uh, what our thoughts were as far as comic arcs or one shots we would love to see adapted into film, whether that means animated or live action. So I'm going to say this is also going to be our recommendations as well. Yes. Going back yeah. and checking out these source materials. So we won't do a normal recommendation after we do the news. It's kind of here. But so, Ben, why don't you start off? What is the one that you would love to see adapted? And then make sure you mention it if you want to see this live action or animated. Um. OK, so I. I actually have two. Um, I, I thought a lot about this because there are so many great story arcs in, in the DC mythos. And uh, granted, I've just recently, over the past year or two, gotten onto DC. I've always been a bigger Marvel person. Um, but I've been recently getting more into DC, especially now with us doing this podcast and, of, and of course, us doing uh, or um, the release of DC Rebirth. I've been reading a ton of DC. But I've been going back and checking out older story arcs that I've, I've kind of been interested in but missed uh so i have two um my honorable mention of this um so not my the one i really want to see um is actually i want to see forever evil adapted ah interesting and i would love to see it live action if it was possible um forever evil if, if you're if you're not familiar with it uh it was written by jeff johns and it's a um, it's basically a storyline where the Earth 3 crime syndicate versions of the heroes come over to our Earth and incapacitate the heroes of this Earth. And it's actually up to the villains to step up and defend their home. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's Lex Luthor, it's Black Manta, it's Black Adam, um, Bizarro, Harley Quinn, Cheetah, uh, or Cheetara. There's... All the villains. Cheetah. Is it? Yeah, I, I was right. right the first time. Okay. Cheetara is a Thundercat. Ah, you're right. Um, <laughs> you know, all these villains coming together to work together to take out these crime syndicate versions of the heroes. And honestly, there has to be a side story in there because I don't know if anybody out there that did read Forever Evil, there was a small little miniseries running during that. That was just the rogues during Forever Evil, and it was so good. It was so, so good. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, like, like Catwoman, Sinestro, uh, Captain Cold, even like you mentioned the Rogue. So, um, I would love to see this adapted to a live action format. It would be an incredible cast, uh, an incredibly huge cast. Um, so it might work better as an animated, but just me being the purest that I am, I'd like to see it live action. Nice. So, uh, so is that that's your first one? That's that's not my main one though. Okay. Well, that's how about this? That's I'll do. I'll, I'll do my second. My my other one, and okay. then you can. We'll switch back and forth here. So mine's kind of a multi-part thing um, because I can't see how you can do this without having the other parts to it. But honestly, I would do this is animated because I would do it as a multi-volume animated thing uh, because I just can't see it done any other way. But Identity Crisis through Infinite Crisis, um, just because. It, Identity Crisis from Brad Meltzer was one of these things that really brought me back to comics. It was such an interesting story idea. It was, you know, Sue Dibney being killed uh, by Dr. Light, and it dealt with a lot of the thoughts of Zatanna wiping the minds of villains and what's okay about this and what's not okay about this. And it was a lot of the, you know, the Justice League falling apart because of a lot of these ideals. But this also – this was a, such an interesting book because it, it kind of played into 
the morality of the heroes a, a lot more than I anticipated and expected. And it was just a very, very interesting story. Um, but this kind of kicked off into right before Infinite Crisis kicked off a couple of years later, which was such an exceptional book. This was the return of the Earth 2 character, so the older Superman and Lois uh, Lois. And Superboy, we have the uh, you know Superboy Prime, all these things, Alexander Luther, all these interesting characters. Um, so it was it was such an interesting, unique story. It, we had you know the return of the Anti Monitor, all this stuff from these classic moments. But yeah, I would just love to be see that done. And if I had to also make these happen, if you're gonna do Infinite Crisis, I don't see why you would not want to do some of the tie-ins that led up to it. Not the tie-ins, but more the uh, the little side stories that built in going around yeah. it. Because you have like Day of Vengeance, which was an awesome book because it was kind of like Justice League Dark, Villains United, Rand Thanagar War. There was a lot of cool things that all happened around this, so it would be really cool to see. Yeah, that, I think that would be awesome to see, too. Um, <clears throat> and you're right. I mean, with all the, the tie-ins and everything, too, I th- it would probably work better as an animated because you could put out the, you could put out the content a little bit better uh, because there's so much more of it. Oh, yeah. I mean, even if that means, like, Identity Crisis, because Identity Crisis, you need a lot of knowledge of a lot of things that happened beforehand, but... Even if they gave a truncated version of this and then maybe small versions of Ranthanagar War Day of Vengeance, uh, you know, all these things and made that one movie like a two two hour movie, like an event of the little things that led up to it. And just call that, you know, the countdown to infinite crisis, basically, yeah. where it's a truncated version of identity, those stories, and then just do a, another, you know, hour and a half long version of infinite crisis. Yeah. Um. Okay, so. My number one, this is the one that out of every storyline I've ever read or been interested in, I would like to see. Um, Anybody who knows me would probably even lead in this direction. Um, And I would like to see this as animated because there's just so much to it that it would be almost impossible to pull off as a... um, not impossible, but it would be very difficult to pull off as a live action, both from cast-wise and special effects-wise. I would love to see, and this is mainly because I am a huge fan of the zombie genre. Mm. <laughs> see? I, wanna, I was about to go here, too. <laughs> I want to see Blackest Night. Yeah. Um, Honestly, it, I would love to see not just that, but a, a three-film trilogy. It's just Green Lantern, Rebirth, you know, the Sinestro Core War, and then Blackest Night following yeah. it up. I mean, uh, it, it's so cool. I mean, you kind of need the War of Light in there, too, a little bit, because, I mean, there's a little bit more that happens in between all that, like the introduction of the rest of the color spectrum of, of the Lantern Corps out there. But, oh, my God, I know what you mean. Blackest Night was so awesome. I mean, it's it's and, and it's another Jeff Johns written story, too. I mean, it's it's I mean, everything from, you know, the the fact of, you know, with zombies and dealing with fallen heroes coming back to life and having to deal with them. And it's just. Man, I would love to see it, like as an animated. Again, like, oh no, I want to see this live action. Oh, it'd be awesome as live action, but again, from a financial standpoint, oh, it'd be. Because could you imagine just whoever their their you know how Jordan is, and you're seeing some of these characters down, and they're all getting their asses kicked by Necron, and you know Black Hand is you know all these zombies are coming at them, and then just that moment where they're like, 
we're fucked. And then all of a sudden it's just like Bruce Wayne rise. And it's that moment where you see the zombie Bruce, uh, you know, <laughs> Batman come out and they're just like, shit. <laughs> Cause oh, can you imagine seeing like zombie, like a bat fleck coming at them? It's so awesome. <laughs> or man. like zombie Henry Cavill, man. It's just, yeah, seriously, it, man. Like, like I loved so much of what they did in that story. It was such a fun, dumb story, but it was so good. Yeah, it was, I mean, the entire Jeff Johns run of, you know, Lantern was just wonderful. I mean, you, there were some of my favorite stories going back to even things like Emerald Twilight from way back in the day too, from during around the time of the death of Superman, where you know Hal Jordan becomes Parallax and kills everybody. <laughs> uh, but it was there was so much amazing writing happening during Jeff's run on Lantern that it, to not see that adapted in some way, shape, and form would just be. A shame. Yeah. Like out of everything we've talked about, that story made these characters so lovable. It was one of those moments too where Marvel was kicking so much ass. When that was happening, a lot of eyes were on that book. And it was great because it didn't filter into a thousand and one things. Blackest Knight did, but at least Sinestro Core War, it was Honestly, man, it, it stuck pretty straight to just being in the Green Lantern books. You didn't need to read a thousand one things. It was easy to follow, and it was fun. Yeah. It was really fun. So that's my, uh, that's my number one, man. That's the one I would love to see more than anything else adapted. Yeah, me too. Oh, that was your number one as well? Yep. Oh, <laughs> well, there we go. Yeah, mine was, mine was basically, it was uh, the whole, you know, Sinestro Core War and Blackest Night, kind of all that, that time frame, because it was just so awesome. Yeah. I would love to see that done. So... All right, cool. So, um, thanks to Jackson for that recommendation because that was uh, that was something I certainly had to think about. Yeah, and uh, when we post this, uh, let us know what yours are, like what you want to, you would kill to see. I mean, the only other thing I could really think of that comes off the top of my head real fast was uh, the evil versions of the Justice League, not the crime syndicate, mind you, but the one that they did in the Justice League animated series where you see them squaring off against uh, the very twisted other versions of their characters, too. It was very Crime Syndicate-esque, but not quite. Yeah. It was uh, basically all, all the heroes that basically have just lost hope. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so once again, uh, special thanks to, to Jackson for that recommendation. Um, so, no, so those are actually, as Rob had said, those are our recommendations for this week, too. So we're actually going to do the recommendations before the news. So, yeah, so read, like, six years of Green Lantern. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Check out Darkest Night in the Sinestro Wars and, and everything pertaining to that storyline. So Blackest Night. Blackest, Blackest Night. Night. Uh, Darkest Night, yeah. Um, yeah, Blackest Night is the correct one. Man, I've made so many mistakes this podcast. It's, you know, like I said, it's the last couple of weeks, man, have been long. And uh, we had a long show two nights ago, and then it's another long one today. Yeah, so. Uh, but let's get ready to wrap things up. And, of course, I will turn it over to you, Rob, to take us through some of the DC news for, from the past couple days. Okay. Just uh, mind, uh, bear in mind, this, none of this is in order this week because I just have tabs open this week. And I, and I have an opportunity to, to break this down as usual. But we're going to kick through this pretty quickly here. As we mentioned just a couple days ago when we were bringing up the Booster Gold movie, when uh, we did mention that Zach Stentz, the writer of the original Thor film, X-Men First Class, and obviously the upcoming Power Rangers flick and obviously a couple Flash episodes in the mix has indeed begun working on the Booster Gold script. He actually put out a tweet on the 15th of September to say today's writing inspiration courtesy of Dan Jurgens, And it was a shot 
of Booster Gold number one in his Twitter, which was pretty awesome. So, so I'm very excited to see what he does with this. But at least it looks like the script work has officially begun. Uh, moving over really quickly into the Flash, we're going to talk really quickly again about Episode Seven, which we brought up just a couple days ago. That that episode would be Evan Smith's episode involved with Killer uh, Killer Frost, but we did find out officially from him that. Not just Killer Frost appears in this episode, but we will be seeing Dr. Alchemy as well. So we don't know if this is his first appearance in the season, but we do indeed know he does make an appearance in Episode 7. So also back over to the movie universe, we're going to look at the Batman movie. Now, we did mention, I think this was about three or four weeks ago, that it looked like the Batman was going to be taking place in Arkham Asylum primarily. And that was coming from Batman on Film, pretty awesome website out there if you ever, ever want to get a little bit more news as far as Batman in the cinematic universe. Um, and they originally reported back in July that that was going to be the case. But it sounds like Heroic Hollywood and uh, The Rap have also indeed stated that it sounds like the film is indeed going to be taking place inside Arkham Asylum. They did say, unlike what Batman on Film did state not the entirety of the film, but a good majority will indeed. So it sounds like we could definitely be dealing with quite a few villains, but it sounds like Deathstroke will be the big bad of it all. Um, jumping over to Legends of Tomorrow, Kitty Loss did have a, a chance to talk a little bit this past week as far as what uh, Sarah's reaction to the JSA and Legends of Tomorrow Season 2 would be. And her basic thoughts was, you know, her, her time in the, uh, you know, the Liege, uh, no, not the Liege, blah, <laughs> the League. <laughs> Gave Sarah a deep appreciation for how well the Justice Society of America executes missions. And this is a quote from her saying, Sarah's never a fan of people who aren't too perfect and follow all the rules. But Sarah also has that military side to her with organization executing missions. They're pretty good at that. There's a little bit of her that's just like, wow, these people totally got their shit together. But she said, but it's also probably a little annoying because they've got their shit together and they know it. So, So kind of curious to see how that plays out. Uh, we got a couple cool things this week as well. Um, before we get into, I think, the biggest ones, uh, there was a little side story about somebody that did indeed pass on playing Commissioner Gordon, that being Brian Cranston. Uh, apparently that they did talk to him to look at the role, if he did have interest in portraying the character for the Justice League film and for the future films. But his his original idea and thought process was, he's still trying to do a lot to break out of the role that a lot of people know him as from Walter White. And uh, he wants to be able to carve out a new identity for himself as an actor. So doing something that he knew would be multiple pictures uh, and not just obviously more than likely not just two films, but probably a nice handful that that wasn't something he felt like he was willing to dive into at this time. But he said he has not tossed away the idea of joining any of the Marvel or DC universes. So one of the things we did see as well, kind of keeping into that whole idea of Gordon on Batman Day Zack Snyder gave us a little nice shot, uh, which was just a couple days ago, of finally seeing our very first image of J.K. Simmons as Commissioner Gordon. Now, it's definitely a shot that's a little far away, so you can't see a lot of great detail, but it is and does indeed look like a very traditional Commissioner Gordon wearing a trench coat. He's got his cap on. You definitely see the glasses and the classic stash as well, but he's standing right next to the bat signal. Uh, We did find out... I think it was a couple months back when a couple members of the press did get to spend some time on the set. And they said this is, is indeed the day they were there shooting when they were actually filming J.K. Simmons' sequence. 
and a lot of people said it was phenomenal. So I'm really looking forward to getting the chance to see him when Justice League does. I I am too, because just by that picture, even though it's from a little far away, he, he looks awesome. He does look perfect. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the right right call, right look for that yeah. character. Uh, so it's nice to see that they're really kind of looking at the classics. Um, and the last kind of thing we did see this week as well was uh, at San Diego Comic-Con, fans were able to see some additional images of uh, what Cyborg and Flash looked like prior to their appearance in Batman vs. Superman. Um, or actually not at San Diego Comic-Con, it's when we actually got that revealed, what they look like in those films. But uh, Ironhead Studios were the people that were crafting a lot of the iconic suits for the films, and they've actually worked on several other movies in the superhero genre as well. But they did tweet out an image just a couple days ago uh, on their, uh, actually it was, uh, I think that was actually on their Instagram, if memory serves correctly. Yes. Ironhead uh, underscore studio on Instagram. But if you look up, there is an awesome shot of what their original concept designs for the maquettes were for the version of flash that we saw in the little kind of pseudo dream suite sequence of him coming out, talking to Bruce really quick. And then a altered version of the suit for cyborg. Uh, both of them are drastically different designs than I think anybody anticipated, and I think everybody can agree. We're incredibly happy. That's not the choices they went with. So, uh, And last but not least, we have gotten word that we are going to be seeing another board game for Justice League. And not in the way that we've already seen out there. We have seen uh, the deck-building game, uh, the Hero Clicks and Dice Masters, but it does seem like we will be seeing a full-fledged, actual, more in-depth board game that we've been seeing recently in today's standards. This is coming from ABBA Games, that's A-B-B-A. Uh, and it sounds like while they have not yet launched their Kickstarter, it'll be coming up before the end of the year. Um, and they said, well, you can definitely expect a nice blend of traditional board game play styles as far as the current styles go. But they said it will not be as simplistic as something like Hero Clicks or Dice Masters. I'm sensing Extra Life 2018. 17. Uh, 17, yep. <laughs> Possible. We'll see. <laughs> so it depends if uh, the game will be done by then. Very so true. It's a big question. Very true. But yeah, that kind of wraps up uh, this week because uh, we did everything in the world on Thursday. <laughs> yes, we did. Uh, so, of course, a couple cheap plugs before we get out of here. Um, I, again, want to just... Remind you of the giveaway, facebook.com slash DC Primetime. Like the page if you don't already. Share the page to get more likes. 200 likes by October 9th. Uh, we'll give away Constantine, the complete season, and then we'll throw in um, Batman, the Telltale game, the complete season, uh, if we hit 250 likes by that time as well. Um, I, of course, this podcast is part of the Next Level Podcast Network, so, of course, we encourage you to visit their website, www.nextlevelradioonline.com, uh, facebook.com slash nextlevelradioonline. Give them a like there. Follow them on Twitter at NXT Level Radio. And then I can be found also at Ben at nextlevelradioonline.com. And you can always find me at the Caffeine Crew, um, and you can always obviously find us on the Facebook page. Obviously, this again, facebook.com slash DC Primetime. And if you'd like, you can always email me as well directly, which is just the caffeine crew at gmail.com. And we always say a big special thanks to George Shaw at George Shaw Music for our theme music that you hear in the beginning and end of this show. And uh, maybe it's almost time that we start looking at some of his other tracks as we're getting ready to kick into the new seasons. Yeah. So maybe we'll we'll switch it up, but it'll still be George because George did was kind enough to send us a ton of tracks that he had superhero inspired. Yes, absolutely. So, 
so we can look at maybe mixing that up. And uh, another fast reminder, uh, I haven't posted this up yet. This will be going up sometime this week, uh, which is extra-life.org. Uh, me and Ben will be playing for uh, our charity, which is for the Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. And we are specifically playing for the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. And that is a 24-hour gaming marathon between video games and board games that me and Ben, along with several of our other friends, will be gathering in my home and playing for 24 hours on November 5th, raising money for this fantastic charity. We will be posting links on our Facebook page as our donation portals. All the money goes 100% directly to the hospitals. We do not see a cent of it. The charity doesn't see a cent of it. It just goes right to those hospitals. So it's an amazing cause. And you can always find out, as I said, more about that at extra-life.org. Yes. Uh, next week on DC Primetime, we are going to, obviously, Gotham starts back up this coming Monday, September 19th. Uh, so, of course, we're going to be recapping and going over the pilot, or not the pilot, the premiere of Season 3. Uh, as well as, hopefully, as long as we can fit it into our schedules, we're going to go over Chapter 2, uh, or Episode 2, rather, of the Telltale Batman. Well, I promise, regardless, I will make sure I get through it, even if Ben can't. I will. I will still give a full review, and then we'll uh, get into that. But aside from that, um, I would expect that the next several weeks, we're probably going to be making them a little bit shorter episodes, just sticking with Gotham and news. Um, just because this is kind of our last moment to kind of get a breath before these shows do kick off. So I apologize if the next couple episodes are a little bit shorter. We're going to be spending a lot of time with with those episodes of Gotham as best as we can. Still provide a ton of content for you. But before the fourth kicks off, it gives us a quick moment to breathe. So be ready. Yes. It's coming <laughs> sooner than you guys think. Uh, to be fair, uh, we did say this was going to be a shorter episode and we are now at an hour and a half. Yes, but we're going to try. We're going to try. I would like to try. I would too, trust me. Uh, but that's going to wrap it up for this episode, this issue of DC Primetime. Uh, we thank you once again for listening. All of you great listeners out there, we we, keep, we definitely appreciate it. Uh, looking forward to spending more time with you next week. But until that time, we will see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace.